When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sip the gossip, drink till you choke. Sip the gossip, burn down your choke. You're not iconic, you are just like them Hey, it's Steve Balton. You are here on My Turning Point, where this week I am joined by Italian rock band Monaskin. We talk about playing with Tom Morello, opening for the Rolling Stones, and how the band has continued to grow looking at artists like The Doors and Arctic Monkeys to be able to diversify their sound on this new record, Rush. Hope you enjoy this one as much as I did, because I always have a blast with these guys. Always great to catch up with all of you, and... uh... Yeah, so you got to hang out with an old friend of mine last night. I've known Tom for like 20-something years. Wow. Just the nicest guy in the world. How much fun was it playing with him last night? So good, so good. Like the the way he he, he transported himself, it's so good. Yeah, it didn't even feel like, you know, any stress or anything. We were just enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Part of the band. Exactly. Well, that's, I mean, it's an interesting thing because it's funny when we've talked in the past, we've talked about things you've learned working with different people, whether it was opening for the stones, playing with, you know, doing the Elvis song with Boz with Tom, he loves playing with different people. There are certain people who really understand the spirit of collaboration. Like Carlos Santana, I've talked with about this. He's great about it. There are certain people who just love to collaborate. Tom really does. So when you get around someone like that, does that inspire you for collaboration and does it bring you more joy? Because obviously he's so excited. I mean, he's played with everyone in the world. Yeah. yeah I, I think that, that when you have the chance to, to share the musical process and in general musical ideas with, with, with other artists and, and when they're so open and it's so easy to work with this kind of people because they have no, no, prejudice no no anything they just want to make good music and like especially tom i think it's one of the most like kind and and open and fun human being that we ever met to to make music with he's he's so like very enthusiastic and uh he he just wants to make great things he's so good to work with 
So it's interesting, Ed, you guys played the, I can't talk, it's early in the morning here, and I went to a Bob Marley exhibit last night and got super stoned, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> had you guys played the song live with him before yet? What, sorry? Sorry? Had you played the song live yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. All live. A couple days um, ago, we played, we've got, to, but a couple times, so it still feels very exciting, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's such a wonderful record. I mean, it's, it's, I love the diversity on it too. And it's interesting that your most played track on Spotify is Loneliness yeah. or Loneliest, which is just a beautiful song. It's interesting for you guys. How rewarding is it to know that the more you put yourself out there musically, the more people are responding to it? A lot. I think we're very happy about the feedbacks we're getting and the fact that people are appreciating all the differences in the record and the fact that it's more, Various, you know, because sometimes people could be like, oh, we don't want you to experiment. We only want you to play like the same thing we know and we like. Well, we've been seeing our fans really embracing like our, our change and our development and everything. And that matters the most to us. Well, it's interesting for you guys, when you talk about change and development, are there artists that you really look at for the way that they've been able to take? And it's funny because I mentioned the Stones, obviously, that you opened for at one point. You take a band like that that did Give Me Shelter, that's one of the 10 greatest rock songs of all time, then does a beautiful ballad like Wild Horses. Are there artists for you that you really admire for the way that they've been able to mix sounds and do different things? Ooh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. I think there are a bunch also like from Led Zeppelin and The Doors yeah, and, yeah, bands. Yeah. and also bands nowadays, like I come to think of Arctic Monkeys, the way they have developed a lot through the years and stuff. I think that's, yeah, I think it's just normal and it's good that people allow themselves to change because sometimes it can be frightening, you know, but if you feel that it's yeah. right for you and you want to try something different and experiment, then it's it keeps the music, and if the music is good, like there is many bands that prove the fact that you can be good and change and develop, of course. You know? Yeah, and, and I'd say it's also one of the main like uh, driving desires that an artist has um, in 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 his life because it's more about the path and about the changing because an artist wants to change sometimes. So it's it's okay like to experiment and to just go out of the lines or just like to discover new new phases of your artistic path, it's okay. And it's very good, I think, and it's very healthy because in a sort of way, growth is a symptom. No, sorry, change. Change is a symptom of growth in a sort of way. So I really believe in this. Oh, absolutely. If you look at all the greatest artists in history, whether it's David Bowie, whether it's Miles yeah. Davis, whether it's Joni Mitchell, all artists need to change. And it's funny because you mentioned Zeppelin and they're a perfect example of a band who was able to do, you look at, you know, I mean, a whole lot of love, Black Dog, and then they can do Thank You. So exactly. it's interesting for you though, were there things that, look, when you're making this record, I talk about this with artists all the time, a lot of good writing is subconscious. It just comes out. So were there things on this record that surprised you either lyrically or sonically? A lot. I think we were constantly like surprised by the stuff we were writing because it, some of it was something we've never done before, you know, so even us didn't maybe expect it at first. And um, I think the thing we tried to do in this record was to embrace our four different personalities. So, for example, like if Thomas would have an idea and, and I, it didn't convince me, for example, at first, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, I don't like it. Let's change. I would say, OK, I trust you. Let's 
bring the song to the end. And then maybe listening back to it after five days, it would be my favorite, you know, because sometimes it's also hard for artists, I think, in the creative process to not limit themselves because you're used to a way of doing it or the, the perception you have of yourself that sometimes can put you in cages, though. So I think that being four was something that like really helped us on this because we had four different visions that could trust each other more. Well, it's interesting because take me through some of the different visions then, like for each of you songs, that kind of moments that surprised you. And as I said, it's a wonderful record. I mentioned Loneliest. I also love Time Zone, Gossip. Ba 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 was just fucking fun. <laughs> like, yeah. just, yeah. So for you guys, what were some of the sort of moments on there for each of you that surprised you the most? And then, of course, when you go back and hear a record, a lot of times, because again, it's subconscious, you are like, oh, okay, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. So some of the favorite and most surprising moments on the record for each of you. For me, one of the most surprising is definitely Babysat because it's, uh, it's, it's very, very different from, from all the songs that we've written till now. It has like a completely different groove. Um, a completely different idea and, and I also saw like when we play it live for the first time at the, the, the record event when we launched the album um, the, the crowd went like oh my god what's that because it's so uh, unexpected from us and when I heard it it was like okay we did a new thing for us it's a, it's a new step for us so it's yeah. I think one of the most surprising for me the most surprising was uh don't wanna sleep because um i remember that before that we came out with that song we talking about like to mix the dance music and the rock music together because we are we listen like lots of club music and dance music so yeah we're talking about it would be great to make a song with these two combination and after like I don't know, three weeks or stuff like that. We I came out with the, with the main riff and all together we, we write the, the old song and we try to mix it these two part of us basically. And 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 the song was great. So I discovered that we can also have this other aspect and you know have a combination of dance music and rock music at the same time. That is very cool. I think for me, probably blah, 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 because at first we had that riff and the, the voice melody, but we were only keeping it as a verse. And then we tried, we worked on it for like quite a lot, like a month, and we tried many different hooks or different chorus and stuff. And, uh, and then we said we wanted to be all the same. Yeah, and then we said, okay, but fuck off, like this part is so powerful, why should we change? Like. Because, of course, when you write a song, you're like, oh, cool, this riff is cool. Now let's find the next one. Let's find the next part. And then we're like, okay, fuck it. But maybe we shouldn't find another part. Maybe it should only be this through the whole song, you know? So it was like, we really... And it took some time, like some rehearsals to get to that point, to just say, fuck off and not thinking in a, in a schematic, like, normal song structure way. Um, for me, one song that really... They really like uh, about our record is Il Dono della Vita, which is an Italian song, an Italian ballad. And I really like it because it's something that we never did before. Uh, I mean, we, we, we've done some ballads before, but not, not in these ways, because this song in specific has a lot of different parts inside. 
and uh, it's very like slow but really rhythmic at the same time and there's a very long solo for Thomas and apart with the drums with the bass line and it goes really more like a journey than a song and and that's it I really, I really like it because it's more a journey and it's special for that well see that's so interesting because like you pick dance song you picked a song that because it has more of the instrumental journey thing. So for you guys, it's interesting too. I mean, were you, I mean, talk about the sonic growth in this and the fact that again, you know, it's interesting. Was there a moment early on? Was there one song early on that sort of shaped this record? Was there something that was one of the first songs written where you realized, okay, we really can't experiment more. We can do more like, or we're just starting to be more interested in different sounds. No, there wasn't, there was not like a specific song because um, we we decided like not to go with with our usual uh, schedule way of writing music because usually we get all together in, in the studio and just jam. So that's when this kind of things happen. But this time we tried like to write the the, the, the most the most song possible, following every time the the lead of each one of us. So every time. One was having the idea of a song, the others, instead of like trying to, to, to change it and make it perfect. Since the very first listen, we always tried to follow the one who had the idea. So we ended up having so many songs because, of course, it's, 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 it's not just the group, but it's the all four of us writing music. So we ended up having like 60, 50 songs and, and, uh, and then we just tried and fight it a lot to... But it make, was to make a set list. But I think it was cool because some of the first like two weeks, some of the songs that came out that I was maybe okay, this is my favorite song, and yeah, then yeah, it even yeah, didn't yeah. even make it on the record, yeah. for example. Yeah. So we tried to not like in the past we would get in the studio, we write a song we like, we already discuss about it while we're writing it, and then when it's done, it's like okay, the four of us likes it, okay, this is on the record, done. And while this time we just did so much, but without trying to not judge it, you know? So then when we listen back to all the songs at the end of these two months, maybe what was your favorite song in the first week, then you didn't even like it that much anymore, you know? So that showed that if you take a moment before judging a song, then it can really change the, your perspective on it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's funny. So wait, you guys did the in-store at Rough Trade this week, right? Yeah. yeah, And then you're doing one at Fingerprints here in Long Beach, right? I'm actually in Long Beach, California. Okay, um, yeah. So it's interesting for you guys. How much fun is it when you get to do that and actually interact with the fans and meet people? And sorry, it's I was just fun. looking to make sure I was not crazy on the Fingerprints thing. That's this weekend, right? Yeah, it yeah. is, yeah. So for you guys, talk about that experience where you get to interact with everybody and, and you know actually have that personal interaction and of course you get it on social media but it's different when it's in person it's completely yeah, different completely. and i think it somehow brings us a bit back to to the start because we used to do these like meet and greets back in the yes. in the days like when we just started playing in italy so now it, it kind of feels like and we hadn't done it for such a long time so it's really nice but we really love to see like and get the chance to really talk to people for a second because it's a completely different experience, of course, when you meet them at a live show or when they text you on social media or when you really get to see them and understand really how much you can mean for someone at yeah, times totally. that really is, I don't know, it, 
it really means a lot. Like there's people telling us like through your music, you really help me go through a different situation or stuff. And you can like really read it in their eyes that they're, that they mean it and that you have a big value for them. So I think that's the most touching thing ever. Yeah. I would say that for me, like one of the best goals is when someone told me like, um, I start to play the guitar thanks thanks to you or stuff like that, you know, because it's very nice to influence a young generation of people to play an analog instrument that is very important now, I think. So for you guys, it's really cool. I mean, you're getting to do this, you're getting to interact with fans, you're getting to hear their fan response. Do you? Does it take you back and do you think about who it was you would have wanted to meet yeah. as a teenager? And you're yeah. like, wow, okay. And then does it also become sort of overwhelming to think about the fact that you know you would have wanted to meet fill in the blank and now people have that same response to meeting you yeah it's we i think you can't like really perceive yourself in that way like if i think when i was i don't know 12 the way i admired like my favorite bands it was something like crazy and i can't think that someone can see me in that way i don't know it feels because you know we're only we know we're only idiots and normal people, so yeah, it feels weird to think that someone can get like excited or like shaped. Yeah, our perspective didn't change. So, wait, who were the favorite bands then when you were twelve? For each of you, who was the one band you would have wanted to meet that I you would have waited in line for to meet at an in-store? Metallica for me. Yeah, I was crazy for Guns N' Roses. Which one? I'm sorry. Guns N' Roses. Okay. No, uh, I used to be a, a really um, big fan of Muse. I, I am a big fan of Muse. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, though. But you would have, as a kid, you would have waited to meet them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Muse, Muse. I don't know, maybe Neon Trees, Kings of Leon. Um. Okay. And now, of course, wait, it's funny because one of the first interviews we did was we were talking about Supermodel and the absurdness of L.A. parties. Yeah. And man, you guys got a whole LA week. Yeah, a lot of new parties to write about. (laughs) (laughs) So, what are you excited for next week? Well, there's a lot going on. The Grammy party, so we can write a song about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't think you'll see anybody wrestling in Jello at at Grammy parties. I just don't see that happening. But from a musical standpoint, for a second, what's that? We should start it probably. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can bring. We like, can bring some the, the, the inflatable pool. <laughs> okay. Well, wait. I wasn't going to go there, but since you did, which best new artist nominee would you most want to wrestle in Jello then? And wait, why can't we just have that be the tournament for the not for the Grammy? Cazzo. Uh, I don't know, maybe we could have a band fight yeah, with wet we, leg. Uh, we, yeah, <laughs> it's the only fair fight. I like that. Otherwise, we're four against yeah, one. Four against one. Mean. <laughs> okay, but in seriousness for a second, from a musical standpoint, like I just, I was telling Nadia before you guys came on, I just interviewed Samara Joy, the jazz singer who's nominated. I mean, how much fun is it to be in a category like this where it's artists across the board. It's not relegated to one thing. So it's like musically, it's got to be inspiring. Like when you think about the Spotify party that you're getting to play with, whether it's a jazz singer or Anita or something like that. Is it a lot of fun to be with people who are so musically different? Yeah. It's cool to, to, to have 
I think it's the most important thing in music to have variety and and also to have interactions between different artists because I think that that contamination is what makes what innovates music and what makes cool new things. So yeah, I think it's very yeah. important and it's also fun. Yeah, but I, th- I, I feel somehow it's also like weird in some way to uh, feel that you're like like to compare yourself to someone so different, you know, because yeah. if it's like at least some bands playing the same kind of music, then you can, I don't know, compare like, okay, they play better, they write better, they have better sound or stuff, you know, but when it's something so completely different, it somehow also takes off maybe the pressure of the comparison, you know, you're like, yeah. not okay, if I, I don't win, it means I'm, I suck or I'm worse than this band. It's just two completely different and uncomparable things. So, yeah, we, we don't even care about the competition thing. Like, yeah. It's not in our minds. It's just not. Yeah, so for you guys, you get to just have fun. You get to go. So wait, obvious question. Is there one or two people that you are most excited to meet? Yeah. Or that you hope to meet? Jimmy Page. He was in my life. Like, in your <laughs> life. Uh, yeah, yeah. In general. I would love to meet Harry Styles. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, Harry Styles would be great. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of Rosalia idols that there's many, many artists that we listen to. So Beyonce. Beyonce. So, all right, Grammys are known for their iconic duets. Who would you want to duet with? If you could duet with any artist at the Grammys, who would it be and why? I think Harry Styles would work out pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that could be cool. Or Harry idols and do a fucking. Or oh, idols. Yeah. Also. Right. So, it would be a little too much, I think, for Grammys. <laughs> we destroyed the Grammys. Like us <laughs> and yeah. idols a little bit too much. Being fire. <laughs> Sick. All right, so what's coming up for you guys? Are you, I assume there's going to be more touring in 2023. Are there songs from the record from Rush that you're really most excited to play live or that you, you know, because this is another interesting thing, of course, too, is when you play songs live, right? The audience yeah. makes them their own and they get to change and evolve. So are there songs for you that you've been really excited to see how the audience has responded to them? Old record, because first of all, for us, it's very important to make the studio version and the live version different so it, we're actually going to play something different once again so we're going to play something new and uh it's very important because after after a hundred gigs you get a bit it's always <laughs> the same song so it's it's very exciting to play new music it's very exciting to see the feedbacks and to 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 change it and to experiment with with um structures and and create new moments it's going to be a new New gig, new set list. So of course, it's 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 very energizing for us. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Are there artists that you look at for the way that they've been able to? You're talking about, you know, it's funny, and it's like I'm a huge Springsteen fan. He's sort of, you know, he's known for mixing that up. You know, then you look at a band like the Grateful Dead, who, you know, I hated the scene, but they were great songwriters. Are there artists that you really admire for the way that they've been able to take songs? And just change them completely live. And so that you look at sort of like, not necessarily as an inspiration for the live show, but yeah, just that you admire for the way that they are able to grow live. Yeah, I think we were all talking with, it, uh, with Tom yesterday, Jack White. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
is really like creative life because he often doesn't even have a set list. Yeah, he like he creates and changes the songs and maybe he played a one minute version of one song and a 10 minute version of another one. And he's like telling the drummer, like, hop in now, stop it. Like, it's crazy. I don't know how he can do that, honestly, but it's like a completely different way of uh, thinking of a rock gig, you know? So yeah, I totally. think that's very inspiring. But generally, I feel all the good bands make different versions in the live uh, shows so like we love to grab inspiration and when you go to gigs and stuff you really see like the difference and creating good moments and stuff all right so what was the last great show that each of you saw oh my i think my favorite one from this year was probably idols because they're insane and also the pixies they were so good uh my favorite one was was of the current jam in Paris, I remember that it was sick. But I think that the, the cool part is that every show has, has a different tastes, of course, so you can like take <coughs> different parts from different shows. Yeah, it's like, like, great. Yeah, exactly. Like, great. Something for Per Jam, something for Guns N' Roses show, uh, and stuff like that. Mm. I would say uh, J Lo's performance at the AMAs. <laughs> that was my yeah. It's just the attitude. Yeah. I'd probably say idols as well. Like they, okay. they massive. I broke my my toe they massive. at the show at the in the mosh pit. <laughs> but it was worth it. Nice. All right, cool. What do you guys want to add? I didn't ask you about. I mean, what 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 are you most looking forward to next week besides having new ridiculous parties to write about? Well, I don't know. I think like it's just nice to get to do these big things and like meet cool artists and everything. We're in LA. Every time we're in LA, sorry. Now we've been there. We spent a lot of time. So we met some really nice and crazy people there that every time we look forward to hang with and it's always inspiring, you know? Yeah. Cool. Last question. What do you want people to take from the record when they hear it? What, what do you take from this record when you hear it? When you go back and listen to it as a complete work? Ooh. Mm, uh, oh boy. Music has a lot of uh, different shapes and layers. And, and an artist can be many, many different things. Okay. Yeah, I think what the thing that I like the most and when I enjoy it is just to feel something kind of different in some way from what's like the most common records. I think if you listen to the 10 most popular records now, it's there's probably nothing quite similar to this. So I think it's very... Um, <laughs> It's very cool to have something more daring, more cheeky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 808 and snares. Yeah, and also that, it, <laughs> also that it's yeah. like a journey. I mean, that it's important, like, listen for, from the first track to the final yeah. track. And you can listen the whole record. Listen like, to it uh, in the right like, order, Yeah, please. exactly, like a journey. But it's uncommon, I think, also. This. Do it. Yeah. It's only 17 songs. <laughs> Um, um, what I take from our record when I listen to it is like basically it's a lot of rock energies but I still don't know what to think about it like I'm still figuring out <clears throat> how to face in a life <coughs> under musical and technical terms I mean I'm still processing all our record and like every time Time in time, I, I listen to it. I discover something new that I didn't even noticed before, and and this is like, I don't know. It's just weird. So I don't know how to think about it, but I will. 
<laughs> oh, it's funny. Do you know? Do you guys know the American singer Ani DeFranco? What? Sorry. Ani DeFranco. Do you know her? No. No. Great, great, great artist. She founded a label here called Righteous Babe. She was one of the first really big independent artists. She formed her own label, did her own thing. But the reason I mentioned her specifically, what you were just saying, I interviewed her two years ago and we were talking about her new album and I was asking her the same question. She's like, I don't know, ask me in 20 years. She's like, I have no idea what an album is about when I make it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very common for a lot of artists. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys take from Rush when you listen to it for the 20th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. we cool. can do another interview. When, exactly. When it's that time. Sure. <laughs> Cool. What do you guys want to add? I did not ask you about. I think we're good. good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Wait, I lied. Last question. I'll sneak this in quick. Now you've done the song with Morello. We talked about collaboration. So we'll wrap up on this. Who would be the, I asked you about the dream Grammy collaboration, but who would you just want to do a song with? Rosalia. Madonna. <laughs> uh, Beyonce. Idols. All right, cool. Four very different answers. Yeah. Thanks you guys. See you next week at LA. Thank next. you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Hey, it's Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with Monoskin. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.